Uh, again, Jesus' kingdom um, is spread unlike any other earthly kingdom. That throughout history, um, kingdoms are spread in very different ways. They're spread through war and through conquest. They're spread through trade and, and wealth, things of power. They're spread through um, maybe strong-arm diplomacy, so not actually conquering, but threatening that the other kingdom would conquer. And kingdoms as well are sometimes spread through strategic marriages between powerful families. But Jesus wasn't um, operating on any of those levels. He wasn't building upon any of those things. He was unmarried. He was homeless. He seemed um, actually to actively resist political maneuvering, or he wasn't acting in a way that would, that would leverage those things. He didn't entrust himself to people because he knew what was in men's and women's hearts. He wasn't motivated by wealth, um, which, again, Judas was so angry because Jesus was seeming, just didn't care about those practical things. He wasn't motivated by wealth. And he certainly had no army. Instead of these and other strategic acts, other ways that a kingdom might be spread or a kingdom might be secured, Jesus spread the word of his kingdom, the word of his kingdom, through parables, through sermons on mountaintops, through um, sermons along the side of the sea, through dinner parties with tax collectors and sinners, by telling people boldly to deny themselves, to take up their cross, and to follow him. And Jesus' word, those parables, those sermons, those um, passing moments that are recorded within the Gospels with, with sinners and tax collectors, his words prompted repentance and transformation, things totally seen in an eternal light. The tax collectors paid back everything that they owed with interest, that Roman centurions who had the power of the sword expressed their faith in Jesus. Even creation submitted to Jesus. He calmed the sea. His words gave sight to the blind, caused the lame to walk, that those who had leprosy were cleansed, and the deaf hearing and the good news proclaimed to the poor, and even the dead raised. And so Jesus had extraordinary authority, but he wasn't exercising it in those predicted or those anticipated areas. But spiritual authorities did submit to him. Demons were cast out. Again, creation submitted to him as Jesus healed diseases and raised the dead and opened the eyes of the blind and the mouths of the mute. So with all that power, um, why is the word that Jesus spread just kind of like a seed, something that's seemingly so vulnerable? Why doesn't the kingdom of God uh, take root everywhere that it's cast and among everyone, that everyone who hears understands and fruit is immediately born? Why are there bare patches and weeds? And as Jesus explained, there are many reasons, there are individual reasons, but it's not because he's not a good sower. It's not because the seed of the kingdom isn't good. But that over time, eventually, good soil is ultimately made evident by its fruit. Now, I've had the benefit of, of growing up in, in the church in very deep uh, sort of experiences in the church, times that felt really triumphal. Um, I've described uh, for my kids how my experience of youth group was like, 
all the churches in the Twin Cities rented Mall of America, and we had like a all-nighter at Mall of America. Like, can you imagine? Bjorn, Bjorn was there, yeah. Can you imagine something like, like that? Um, and huge concerts and all kinds of energy and um, all kinds of opportunity. It was, it, was, it was heady, right? And experiences of going to Washington, D.C. and seeing tens and tens of thousands of other uh, Christians my age um, proclaiming faith in Jesus. And so I've had the benefit of those triumphal, exciting experiences of growing up in the church, the benefits of Christian education and a Christian family. But all of that experience has, um, there's, there's, a, there's an ache now, there's a lament now, and that many of my friends, people who I, I shared those great experiences, those heady times, at this point and today, seem to have fallen away from the faith. That some um, heard the word of the kingdom, um, but now claim that they never understood it, and that they certainly don't understand it now. That they hear the words of the gospel, it kind of is like in one ear, out the other. They hear the sound waves, but it's not really worthy of understanding or meaning. And it's not necessarily because they have an unsophisticated hearing. And in fact, in some ways, their, their hearing or their listening, their processing of, of God's word is so intellectualized that that is the thing that becomes the obstacle. And I think that points, there is indeed an enemy to our understanding. There has always been an enemy to our understanding of that vulnerable word. That serpent said to Eve, did God really say um, that you should not take of the fruit, or he thinks, God thinks that you would be like him if you were to eat it. That we have an enemy who seeks to snatch away what has been sown in our heart, what is true and good. Some other friends, people that I know, they hear, they understand, they received with great joy, endured for a while, even decades of their life, but have fallen away, that there is no deeper root within themselves. And they have experiences, disappointments within the church, um, divorces, disappointments from other Christians who have hurt them, who have not represented Christ faithfully. And they have, they have themselves um, fallen away. I have a friend who very, was very outspoken, very zealous in his faith. He's got tattoos, which I'm kind of like, those tattoos are going to remind you of whose you are, I pray. He was one who, who fasted for 30 days, and at the very end of the fast had an ecstatic experience of speaking in tongues and uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit. He, he and I even in, uh, participated in and, and, um, and observed, witnessed an exorcism. There's just powerful things in the power of God that we shared together. He was a person of strong emotions, he still is, but fickle feelings that he receives with joy, but there's lots of things that he receives with joy and endures for a while, but has not um, endured up to, up to now. And so there are some, again, who there's, there's a strong emotional experience, and yet it does not, that, that alone does not cause us to endure to the end. And then finally, as Jesus says within this parable, there are still others that hear and understand, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, they choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Again, in this experience of very heightened Christian life, Christian culture, Christian resources, I've known people who know scripture and theology. I think, again, they 
did better than me on their tests. Um, and they have very strong opinions about what is good and true and right. And yet the pride and the temptations of temporal riches and advantages, the, the sense that actually the, the kingdom isn't sown through take up your cross and follow me, but it is, it is um, secured by other powers. These prides and temptations of temporal riches and advantages have stifled the fruit of the kingdom in their lives. Now you probably recognize, as I've described some of these things in um, stumbling blocks and people in, in, in your life, and I ask maybe even, do you recognize some of those stumbling blocks even in yourself? Whether it's in someone else who you lament and pray that might turn to the Lord, whether it's something that sticks in your own heart and you think, oh, I don't want to, to walk away and fall away. Don't be discouraged that remember in the moment of Jesus' greatest need, even all of his disciples abandoned him, but that was not the last word. That thankfully, through the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit, their lives um, produced tremendous fruit for the kingdom, and each of us are gathered here because disciples have produced the fruit. The, the, the seed of the kingdom has borne fruit in God's people. Because when the seed of the kingdom finds good soil, um, fruitful soil, it bears life that is exponential, 30 and 60 and 100-fold. That although the seed of the kingdom is small and seemingly fragile and foolish and humble, Jesus' word has the power to produce joy, to cause us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, to give generously in a way that these temporal things are passing away, so let these temporal things speak of eternal realities and eternal provision, that we might live with charity towards others and holiness, um, setting aside our fleshly desires, that we might practice faith, not fear, and rest in, in peace and God's accomplished and, and completed work. Because again, all these things, the seeds that is seemingly fragile and humble and foolish in the world is sown by a sower who is good, a word of Jesus' kingdom that is good, and it's important that we are not just passive, complacent of, in how God's word transforms our lives, but that we receive it with joy and that the roots go deep. The fruits of the kingdom um, that bear in us and through us are a blessing to us and to others. Hear and understand the words of the kingdom. Even though we have an enemy who wishes to snatch away what is in your heart, even though there are trials and temptations that cause us to fall away, things that might prevent our fruitfulness. As Jesus told his disciples, and I say to you uh, this afternoon, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For many of the prophets and the righteous people longed to see what we see and did not see it, and to hear what we hear and did not hear it. We are indeed blessed to receive the seed of the kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.